0: time we have a gap between recordings i forget how to do this <laughs> um welcome back to our now people who've contributed towards 56 lessons um just to and say we, well no i say it. just to say this episode we're covering voyager heroes and demons which is season one episode 12 i think um just to give it, bring you on the same page jamie what do you want to say
1: uh no, I, I was just going to say my suspicion that we had one listener and one listener only who'd listened to us fifty-six times, which would mean we had our first official stalker, but um that was clearly not it. However, Someone's I also mom,
2: isn't it? Yeah.
1: Has anyone told my mum about this? Because that would explain everything. Some leap from none to fifty-six listens. Um, but no, I, I also wanted to correct you on a point of order that it is, in fact, episode 11, um, which I don't expect from you two who are clearly the experts on this. I've got iTunes oh. open, and I'm also leading the charge uh, to make our listeners hate me as much as possible by mentioning but, that.
0: But
1: in that tone of voice. There is
0: some discrepancy in numbering, so I don't use, like, the Netflix, because they count episode one and two as one. But yes, um, that might help explain people why I use the numbering I do. Hmm. Um before we dive into your one-line summary, Jamie, I just have to share something that I heard on a podcast that I was listening to before we started, <laughs> um, which there's this very funny well, podcast I like called Hollywood and Levine, and he deals with comedy. But for this episode, he had decided to kind yeah. of um, like spoof the worst podcast ever, because he was like, I listen to a lot of podcasts and... Frankly, a lot of them are terrible. There's no planning, <laughs> no directing, no editing. so <laughs> oh, oh, like he's talking
1: about a podcast. How did he hear about us?
0: <laughs> exactly. That was my major question. So I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to listen to his like spoof podcast that he was doing, like improvising with another co-host. Um, mm. But actually, it was hilarious. And <laughs> I only felt seen for the first like minute or two. Uh, and then I think it did delve into being a very bad podcast because, and I don't think uh, we are as bad as that. We I haven't thing. plumbed
1: the depths. Is that what you're trying to say, right I mean,
0: it was basically Cause... like a rewatch podcast where the two hosts <laughs> forgot to like analyze the episode because they were discussing their sex lives and their problems.
1: So... <laughs> that's a wait. That's an amazing podcast. And on that note, can I just say I have discovered what literally the minute before this podcast something absolutely incredible. Watching now, as a premise, does anything sound better for teenage Jamie than? Ghetto Assassin wages war on Italian mafia based on teachings of ancient samurai on which said ghetto ninja bases his entire life. Because that's mean, what I've just discovered. This, it's a movie called Ghost, Ghost Dog. No, it's called Ghost Dog. It, was, it came out in 1999. I'm absolutely fascinated to see what this is about.
0: It sounds like there's a lot going on there, but I think you're going to enjoy it.
1: <laughs> I know, right? I'm going to live vicariously through like my 14 year old self's eyes, um, but I, I did say that I would mention this sort of immensely geeky thing that I discovered just uh, before the start of the podcast, and so I have done so. What is again? Ghost dog.
0: Ghost dog. Oh, that does ring a bell
1: please tell me you've watched it please tell me you've watched no, it no
0: no no I cannot that was a long time ago oh, can,
1: can, can we have some homework for this one we'll watch it and sort of analyse it I don't know in, this, in the style of uh, I don't know a postmodernist essay or something like this uh,
0: I mean I am tempted to watch it but I can't commit to any further <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm sticking to Voyager <laughs> yeah
1: yeah Fine. let's um, just stick to Voyager
0: Speaking of Voyager, Jamie, do you have your non-one-minute summary for us? I have
1: my one-phrase summary, and it is this. Dr. Bam shaka Wow." Is
0: that it? (laughs) That was
1: it. And it was a good one, and you know it
3: was. (laughs) I thought you were going to go into some... um, What's that tune from the 90s that's like this reggae... Too um, sexy for my boom, shorts. Boom sh- no, too no, it's sexy like. My, no, no no, no, that, no. It's like boom shakalaka. Boom, shake,
1: shake, shake the room. No. Boom, <laughs> sh- boom shakalaka. <laughs> oh, no, no. no I, I was going for. I'm not going to sing it, okay? Of. But the
3: the line the line that everyone remembers is the way he says, Wine your body. <laughs> you know which
2: one
1: I'm talking <laughs> about? Yes, <laughs> I do. I,
3: but
1: I I also can't- can't- no, I'm, I'm ripping off the advert that would we, go, bam, shaka, wow wow when any, whenever anyone did anything to, you know, pretend like they were, I don't know, cool, sexy, other. And in this case, it's the Doctor and Beowulf all sort of punned in together in a way that only makes it funnier as you explain it, as all humour does.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, for anyone who needs a bit more, <laughs> <do you> know, <laughs> anything to add, Jenny or Jamie,
2: I've never done an intro I've killed
3: I've never done an intro before um, I, I could attempt it um, I, Intro I like the episode I'm accidentally really wordy but I'll try and keep it succinct um, <laughs> so they discover photonic energy, well they think it's just energy at first and then they <laughs> lose several of the crew members who seem to disappear in the middle of the uh, holodeck and the Doctor the hero of the episode goes on a a away mission in the holodeck, which just happens to be um, Beowulf in the holodeck. And he slays what they later discover is, uh, well, he doesn't slay it. In fact, he communicates with what they later discover is a photonic being, um, communicates with it and manages to get the crew members
0: back and is a huge success. Brilliant. Yes, Jamie, what would you like to add?
1: I would like to add an addendum that, surprisingly, Neelix does not make any situation in this episode worse through his intervention in a way that's just stupid and violating Starfleet and HR regulations. But only because he doesn't appear in this episode (laughs) Continuing my one-man anti-Neelix crusade.
0: One of the most loved characters and actors of that show. Uh, but I, 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 no,
1: I, I find myself liking him more. The more that I slate him, I, find, I feel like a kinship with him as this, you know, bumbling, lovable, jack of all trades. But...
0: I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: Um, great, yeah. so I think... Yeah, let's let's dive in. Um, so, yeah, I think we start with, like, the captain's log, as usual. Hmm. I made mean, no... The date as we discussed, and i you said, Janie, Janie Jenny Jenny, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like
1: Brangelina, except with more J.
0: <laughs> Janie. Uh They've altered course because they uh to investigate the unusually intense photonic activity, um, in a heavy protostar, and they plan to beam some samples of so The first kind of scene we see is in engineering with Bolana. And Janeway, being total engineering nerds, I think, getting very excited about their experiment, and they plan to beam Mm -hmm.
1: this
0: um, energy aboard.
1: But uh, there are a couple of issues. Yeah, I I think, actually, in this scene, so they they attempt to beam the energy on board into these two canisters. And in what seems to me like the only ever time I've seen Starfleet technology malfunction when it's being used (laughs) in a controlled environment in... Star Trek Voyager, only one of them is filled Um, and and that is is very, very, they don't react as though anything is surprising there when they've got literally space age technology there uh, as Mm -hmm. they attempt to beam this material out of the protostar in which they detect this photonic activity. Uh, They do appear to have a little bit of a a, um, weird sort of Bromance moment over both trying to overestimate how much they can improve the efficiency of the power converter as well. Um, Torres uh, <laughs> suggesting to Jane. Yeah, Tor, Torres raising the skippers 15% up to 20%. And, um, you know, I, I just think that's uh, a punchy move on Torres's part. Given what um, one episode ago she took the captain to task when the captain suggested something could be done faster. So, you know, setting herself up to deliver. The hand is raised. Let's hear it.
0: Yes, I, I also <laughs> noticed that because it was like quite a change from like, don't tell me how fast I could go to actually, I can, I can do better faster. than what you're asking.
1: Yeah. Seeing,
3: so. yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a bit surprised in this scene by when it does malfunction. Um, she says, oh, I can fix no that. Comments. And she immediately fixes it. And then, and then they just move on. And I think I'm concerned yeah. that they beamed something aboard and they lost containment. Like, actually, like if that was <laughs> organic, then you'd immediately be thinking, oh, good God, we've, we've beamed the next Bio-virus. coronavirus aboard. Bio-virus. Quick, isolate this room, isolate this section of the ship. Um, but Where's I don't know, right? I guess is that because it's photonic energy and so they're not worried about yeah. it escaping the containment film.
1: Um, also, yeah, on the Star Trek literally. fleet, what percentage of the crew do you reckon would be anti-vaxxers if there was We are not discussing <laughs>
0: vaccines. Too, too political. In fact, that was one of the elements they spoofed in that worst podcast ever. So let's not do
3: that. <laughs> oh, did they discuss religion, politics, <laughs> and vaxxing They discussed the
0: vaccine <laughs> we theory, so let's not do oh, that. Then.
1: Are you sure um, I haven't watched this podcast? Red, I'm not just throwing an awesome. I feel like now,
0: maybe you gave them looks.
1: Easter eggs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ouch! Burn.
0: No, as a creative consultant,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it came across. It was just a yeah, <laughs> That
1: was an amazing burn. Like wow.
3: I feel like you gave them that's, notes.
1: <laughs> I'm really, I'm really proud of Red. <laughs>
0: Oh dear, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, Jamie yeah. is quite keen to speed up this testing once they're not with these two canisters, so she's mm-hmm. going to call in Harry, even though he's not on duty. How do we feel about this? Mm. Uh, f- wow.
1: <laughs> Work, work-life boundaries, respect the work-life balance, and, you know, what else is he doing if not working on his work-life balance, given what he was doing? Which <laughs> we find out was... Taking some downtime on the holodeck in what appears to be "quote unquote" a swords and sandal environment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, if they weren't looking for Harry and trying to get him back to work, they wouldn't pick up that he had disappeared off the ship um, and last, was last seen on the holodeck. But yeah, I thought mm. they, seem, they both seemed so like kind of pleased with their um, mm. discovery that they just seemed to assume that anyone would be happy to work on it. Mm. Which maybe that's fair. Okay.
1: It's, it's true, mm. but then they try being, and
3: find Karen. Hmm. I was going to say, imagine being in the work environment where your, your boss feels it's okay to contact you in your out-of-office hours, but also um, you happen to live with your boss on a ship in the middle of space where there is no escape. It's ten times yeah, worse. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: you know, I love Janeway, and I've learned a lot in terms of leadership from her, but this is not a lesson I think I will take forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, there was no real urgency. You know, like, it's not they knew, like they needed to solve that power. I mean, they were just going to get more efficiency. Yeah. It's not like it's a... Yeah. Maybe anyway, they're just so... such
1: good friends, you know. That
3: or, they're, maybe, they're... or maybe
1: they're... Yeah. Or maybe there's some weird Lean Six Sigma efficiency cult <laughs> that never gets referenced overtly throughout. And the entire backstory to Star Trek is they're just members of this cult and they never, ever mention it.
0: There's actually managers of like a management consulting firm on board. The show, <laughs> <you're saying.
1: laughs> yeah. Anyway, but no, we, we should get back to it. And yep. uh, they, they find that they can't find Kim. And then Tuvok, as they scan, says that there's no way he got off the venture, uh, the vessel conventionally, either by being beamed or by taking a ship. Um, and they realize the last place he was spotted was the holodeck interface. At which point, Janeway just exchanges a significant look with Chakotay and says, Commander. And off he goes without any more instructions needed.
0: (laughs) Because they scan the holiday and there's still no sign of Harry. So yeah, I guess. um, Mm. Yeah, that's their, that's their, that's a good Mm. moment for the JC shippers, as they call them. Like telepathic communication between Janeway and Chakotay.
3: Ah. <laughs> I thought I, I thought like it was that. this lean six sigma in. <laughs> is, <laughs> is that what happens when you introduce lean six sigma?
2: Project yeah, project telepathic measures?
1: communication. You can't think because people know what you're thinking as you slate your colleagues and you know right. people just say things like each other's name and instantly know what to go off and do. Uh, no, they just pretend like it's that and avoid each other. Weird martial arts belts based on it. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Um, so-
0: The next scene, we're outside the holodeck. Do you want to tell us Mm. what's happening?
1: Yeah, they attempt to enter the holodeck um, and they find out that the program won't switch on or off. Um, They enter and find that it's a forest. And then we hit the intro. And and as as Red, you're normally the one who introduces the intro and asks what others think of it. What did you think of this one?
0: Did you mean the, oh, the, Cred- like the music. credits
1: music everything oh, the
0: credits. you know what? i always sit through the credits because i really think the voyager theme is the best and <laughs> i can say that over and over um so yeah but i was probably frantically taking notes this time mm. or finishing my notes before moving on mm. is that what you meant jamie
1: uh yeah i i think so no normally you sort of have a little bit more on it, but um, I don't know. Literally because of the fact that you normally have a bit more on it, I sort of actually did sit through the opening notes uh, as you do, but uh, I have nothing to offer at this stage.
0: Um, oh, I just... Well, did you, yeah. did you enjoy them? Do you find them... I think the music is just so good, I think.
2: maybe
0: Sets mm. the right tone. Um good. So they in... So I think we come back and they're still in the holodeck in a kind of, I think, quite a scenic... Uh, atmospheric forest environment. Um, and Jacote asked the computer to identify the program, and it turns out it's a hard novel based on Beowulf. Beowulf. You want to tell our listeners, Janie, Do you want to tell our listeners what Beowulf is? No, I just have to. I have to ask the question first.
3: Has anyone read Beowulf on this podcast?
1: My sister. I bet my sister has because she did Old <laughs> no, English relatives on.
3: Do not count. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely uh, have listened I've...
1: to podcasts. So oh, I, I have not I have not read it in original Norse or anything like that, but I have read it as a story.
3: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because this is what I was wondering. No, um, I haven't read it as the
1: original old English epic poem in the tradition of Germanic <laughs> heroic legend, which has well, 3,182 it... alliterative lines. Can you yeah, tell that I on, suddenly it picked it up lists. on Wiki as we speak?
3: It is on quite a few English lit reading lists, so um, I thought maybe there was a someone had put mm. them. Um...
0: It was not on our reading list in South Africa, but I did <laughs> discover it when I came to the UK. And I, I have heard podcasts about it. Jenny, have you read it?
3: to read it though after this. Uh, so
0: Does that I. Sound?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was a bit confused by it. So, like, uh, J.R. Tolkien was inspired by it, but I was always a little bit confused by the fact it was an, described as an old English poem, given that the story is set in scandinavia um where the king of the danes is under attack now i could absolutely imagine it being part of the oral tradition being carried across um as various <laughs> never ending waves of saxons vikings Engles, jutes and others came and sort of uh, plundered invaded and uh, were otherwise mean to the welsh uh, as they sort of crossed the ocean but um is that, does that make it Old English? I know that Old English originates from yeah, have answer, old old I think. Saxon and um, Viking languages, but, <laughs> oh, that's so cute when you do it with both hands. It makes you look like a rabbit. <laughs> go for it, go for it.
3: Um, I'm going to give an answer to that question, which I don't, I don't know with 100% certainty, <laughs> but this is what I had understood on Old English to mean. But um, it's not where someone said. It's not where somewhere's set. It's a period in uh, English literature and it's the style that it's written in as well. So I think that's what it refers Mm -hmm. to by old English. Do we know who wrote
0: Beowulf? Or do we just know it was written in England back in the day? (laughs) Um... Um, Well, they they give us a couple of clues for those of us who haven't read it. So um, (laughs) it's based on the uh, 6th century Denmark hero who... um, there's a monster in the, uh, the kingdom and he, he's a hero by slaying or trying to slay this monster. And is, as you said, set in Denmark, I believe. Mm. Um, so I guess, yeah, there's a, I guess that point there's a clue about, you know, what's or some foreshadowing. <laughs> what's or the
1: environment in which they're going to be operating yeah. in?
0: Exactly. But then I guess they discover a couple of concerning things. So um, uh, they Oh no, first of all, sorry, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Um, Tuvok still can't detect any life signs in the holodeck uh, oh, yes. because there's too much inf- interference. There's still like no sign of Harry. Uh, but then suddenly this spear comes whizzing across the screen. Jamie. <laughs>
1: Speaker's friend or stander's foe is the first thing they hear as that spear whizzes across their face.
0: Very good impersonation or impression. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and I think the first thing Tuvok tries to do is delete that character. <laughs> okay, so
1: just deadpan to the most dramatic moment and in character introduction of a character, Starfleet holodeck, delete character, <laughs> which equity fails, which is, fails, yeah. which is hilarious. They,
0: it is very funny, but then also raises like at this point the stakes are raised because they realize they can't delete characters and the safety might be off. So if any if they mm. do get embroiled in a battle or someone tries to harm them. They are in actually in real danger, now, not just in you know, like a simulation mm. on the holodeck. So, uh, but um, so they have that kind of moment and kind of just ignore this character. <laughs> <But> <laughs> she introduces herself, Jamie. Any more impersonations? Uh,
1: no, I, I just like the fact she immediately says that uh, you're not men of the Danes. <laughs> um, I can tell from your faces, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and then uh, asks if the they introduce themselves as kinsmen of uh, Beowulf because uh, Chakotay rightly guesses that Harry has been playing as Beowulf as opposed to doing what you or I or Jenny would do if we were in this uh, novel of uh, playing the part of Grendel.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't even be playing this game, I think. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she also introduces herself. So she is Freya. She's the shield maiden. So she's like actually a god at this guard post, and they come across this guard post. And as you mm. say, based on the conversation with her, they kind of chocotate twigs that Harry mm. has been in this game playing the character of Beowulf, mm. and she has seen him. Freya has seen him, mm. and, and she gives um, a very, very good description. Yeah, Jamie?
1: Yeah, she just des- I mean, I don't know if it's a good description, but you'd be happy with it. She describes yeah. him as having the burning gaze of a hero and it's right, you should avenge his death, being the encouraging <laughs> things they immediately hear from her about this whole situation. Yeah, raven
0: black
3: hair or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a great but comment yes. from Tuvok on, in response. I can't remember the exact line, but something about, you know, if we if we just ignore all the extraneous um, nonsense, it sounds <laughs> like a description of Harry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Amazing. Very Tuvok. Um... But yeah she drops this line it's only right you avenge his uh, death so um
2: mm.
0: i don't think harry and tubok i harry sorry i don't think chakotay and Tubok panic at this stage because it's a hollow novel um mm. and they just just want like kind of to get somewhere or find more information so she offers to take them to um the, like the, the lord or the king um so mm. they can try to find out what happened um mm. Yeah, so the next scene takes us into completely unStar Trek-like t- territory. Jamie, are you? Um, a lot of background noise. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Background noise and you've,
3: your video disappeared. It's
0: so it's kind of so intriguing. Sorry. <laughs> You're just thinking,
1: what's No, going no, no, no. I beg your
0: pardon. <laughs> I actually have to do some editing there. Um...
1: <laughs> I'm trying to oh, be the yeah, worst so... possible podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> um, if I if I remember rightly, they go in. Um, into the hall, and they're introduced with the phrase the days of glad tidings are done, uh, which is a very doom laden sort of pronouncement to bring them into the hall. Um, and they're told that Grendel, this monster who's repelled by light and laughter, who then uh, who takes their people, death in Grendel's form lives here now, and the folk are being dragged to Grendel's lair.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think we mentioned something like Grendel's taken 30 of their previous warriors, and mm. um, and Harry was just another victim in this long line of <laughs> doom and gloom and death. <laughs> um, mm. But Tuvok wants to know if they can examine Harry's body, um, and they're just like, well, we don't have it to us all around. Or, yeah, as you say, it's been taken back to Grendel's death. mm. But I think to code into, I keep pushing for more information. So now they like, is there a way we can see Grendel? And somehow this escalates into like almost a duel with the king's like side kick you know, or guard, I'm not sure. Really? Um, but uh, kind of the king or Hothgar, is that his name? He kind of relents and he says, well, I, I guess his like solution is if you want to meet Grendel, you can stand guard tonight or something like mm. that. That was my impression. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: It, it's it's interesting because there's then this sort of denouement where they uh, they come genuine in form of the situation. She gets sort of an interesting little head toss when she hears that Harry might have been killed, um, but then then we sort of head into this um, this interchange between Tuvok and Chakotay, in which. Um, Tuvok explains to Chakotay that in various different cultures, demons are a way of exploring the dark feelings that folk feel, mm. um, and they they basically uh, Tuvok uh, receives this little parable from Chakotay um, about a culture which hero hero worshipped and lionized this individual who who ate stones for eight days to try and kill this metaphorical demon lying in his gut and um, Tuvok responds saying there are no demons in Vulcan literature to which Tuvok responds that tells you why it's so popular
0: yeah it's a very funny exchange <laughs>
3: um, mm. yeah, I mm. find that hilarious but also just really interesting the like the conversation between them because I think mm. that Fable, um, he explains that the reason the guy eats stones is because they believe that hate is in fact a demon that lives in your belly, an actual mm. live demon. And in order to, uh, I guess, destroy hate within himself, he eats the stones. Mm. And then, I guess, two books sort of saying one of the reasons why they don't have any of those stories in their cultures because, of course, they have no emotion Feelings. or they, they <laughs> don't feel they don't you know express their emotions. So there's no need no need to write stories about the darker emotions to try and understand them
0: and so
2: mm. it's
3: all care- so carefully linked up I, I quite like it it's a little interesting conversation mm. between the two of them
0: yeah, yeah a very good little scene um, which I, and also it represents the character as well
1: I think, mm. it. yeah I, I sort of captured the concept um, to the tune of no woman no cry except no <laughs> demons no literature <laughs>
0: You're on form today, <laughs> Yeah.
1: Offending literally everyone going. I think I've probably offended <laughs> people of. I hope we don't
3: have too many to music <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just add? I have no idea if um, this is P, not, not PC in some way, but the character Freya, I absolutely love her voice. I don't know what
0: it is. Does anyone else get that? I also felt like her voice was different. It felt. Maybe now that I think about it, and again, I'm not. uh, Maybe this is how a lot of people sound in a certain part of the world. I don't know, Mm. but I think for like an American, I presume, actress, she kind of did a good good job of like feeling like she came from another time. Yeah, Um,
3: there's something unique about it. I I found yeah, which I I like. You said I wasn't sure if it was just me being ignorant, mm. or she comes from a certain part of the world that I just haven't heard many of that accents before, but. I don't know if it's just—I don't know if it's accent really, though. It's more like her tone, I guess. Yeah. She spoke with honor, yeah. I think,
1: and I strength. Yeah. Did Did either of you ever watch Vikings out of interest? Because no. I, I did a- get Lagertha vibes from her. Lagertha is an amazing character in Vikings, um, who embodies what you just said. Sorry, I'll wind my neck in. Oh, carry it. on without me, guys. <laughs>
2: I'm trying I, um, to see if I
0: can keep it
3: for friends. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I do love her character, though. Pounced. I like seeing um, sort of warrior women, you know, because it, what's the phrase, subverts the gender norms? Or, I don't know, some... Yeah, subverts
0: that. the norm,
1: <laughs> Subverts the gender stereotypes. And- We're hitting all the targets here, guys. Well done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, even more so when it came out, so uh, this- <laughs> It's crazy that sometimes when you watch it, you're like, oh, that's still subverting a whatever stereotype.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: that's a bit weird. Um, Okay, so then they get a message from, so we're still in the holodeck. um, Dakota and Tuvok are actually trying to find the imaging matrix or something because Janeway told them to do some diagnostic test. Um, And they get a message from the bridge, and Janeway gives some very complicated techno babble. And I did make a lot of notes, but does anyone want to give a go? about their theory of what happened to the um, what happened to Harry.
1: They effectively conclude that photonic energy from the annular confinement beam breach had made its way into the holodeck in such a way as to subvert the computer's original programming taking away safeguards and potentially no, that was all I had.
3: That was so good, right up until that point. <laughs> I
1: could, I could have bullshat the rest, but I thought it was better if I just like went with what I'd noted down for page. Oh no, it is, but that <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't manage to like capture all of it at the time because like all I, uh, I've got that as a statement, and then I've got Ensom Kim maybe energy. Um, yeah, and, so and there's a then... the
0: breach, and um, exactly as you described. Even though listening to this time, it's still techno bubbles. So I kind of. Um, But then I think Tuvok says, when he hears this explanation, he's like, that raises an uncomfortable possibility. Ensign Kim might have uh, inadvertently undergone the process of matter conversion. So because they're they're kind of saying transport and holodeck technology is kind of similar, I guess. So... Mm.
3: Mm. Matter, energy, matter, conversion, or something. I wish Mm. I knew more about physics to be able to (laughs) offer any kind of...
0: (laughs) I don't think you have to know anything about physics, too. only we had an AI,
1: we could ask.
0: um yeah uh so i think um oh did i just skip something there yes yeah, so this is, so they kind of have figured out possibly what happened to harry so in them um, the chakotay and Tubak are still in the hall and something is actually starting to appear and because they've heard from like the characters in the holo novel that this thing appears at night they want to stay and investigate because they think it might be grendel appearing mm. I guess they haven't made the link between Grendel and the photonic energy yet. Mm. Um, uh, so the, so Jamie's like, yeah, you can stay. But then B'Elanna picks up signs of matter energy conversion from, I think, engineering mm. or something. And tries to beam Tuvok and Chakotay up, but uh, she can't. They're gone. So they've just mm. lost another two crew members. Mm. Da, da, da. Oh, mm. Yeah. Um, so mm. then. Yeah. I, you know what confused me about this episode is whenever I read the synopsis before I watched, they kept talking about the Doctor, but then when I was like watching it, I was like, where does the Doctor come into <laughs> this? Yeah. And it's in the very next scene, when it all mm. starts to yeah. make sense. So Jamie, I feel like you want to describe the scene. Paul,
1: I know. I mean, I, I actually would be doing this from memory rather than notes, but you've effectively got uh, Her Majesty the Skipper, um, Her Majesty Bellona Torres, uh, and Tom Paris uh, discussing what has happened and the fact that they had undergone mass conversion, but there was the possibility they might be able to be rematerialized, but it would they need to send someone who would be able to engage with, effectively, the, the Grendel phenomenon to try and scan it to find out the best possible way of doing that. Um, And they're all thinking, well, there's no one because everyone will get dematerialized. Um, But then Tom Paris says, maybe not anyone. What's what's that effect? (laughs) What what does he say? I've got the line wrong. I
0: I, I just wrote on the next line, which is
1: me? (laughs) (laughs) We we skip from Tom Paris saying this is determined heroic adventurer to the doctor in full dudgeon. Me?
0: (laughs) But before we... Uh, go on. I just want to get your opinion because when they are kind of uh, and are telling Tom this, you know, what's happened, in this theory, I feel like it's Tom who's like, but we've got to get them back. Mm. And they seem mm. a bit like not as well, um, driven.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, I think this reflects a difference in character and personality because both Bellana Torres and the captain to a degree, a slightly more technical folk and the limits of science and the constraints of what can be done, and we've turned them into light. How the F do you do something about that? Whereas Tom Paris is more of a pilot of, we got to do something. Doesn't know how to do it or anything like that, but just, we know how to do something, sort of vibe to him as a character, I I find more. And because of that, I think both... Eventually, the captain and B'lana Torres would have come to the same conclusion, but Tom Paris does it instinctively.
0: I see. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I just that I just um, noticed that in passing, but um, I think mm, I agree that's with a good that assessment. Backstory. I'll putting it in. Um, also, yeah, Harry so is his that, best mate. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, of course. Um, so, in the next scene, which starts with that hilarious comic line of the Doctor, just me. Or however he delivers <laughs> it, uh, they're basically briefing the doctor on his first away mission. Yeah. Um, and I didn't make a ton of notes here, but I did pick up that they need to prepare a couple of things because they need to be able to transfer him to the hard He needs to brush up on his knowledge of Beowulf because he's got to be able to play this game or the Hollow Novel, the um, yeah. best visibility, and a couple of other things. So there's there's a couple of hours that they before they can like um begin the away mission. Um, mm-hmm. and he goes back to sick Bay. um, and there's that nice little moment, I guess, with him and Kez, because mm-hmm. she can pick up that he's a bit nervous, and he's like, he kind of lists all the things he can do without being nervous, and everything, he, all the medical knowledge nice. he has, and, you know, um, but he's never done this before, he's never faced something like this before, mm-hmm. it d- he doesn't I d- know what to expect, I think, Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I did put that um, just just before he did all of those things, Kez asked Kez, uh, asked him if he was nervous, and before engaging with her, the doctor chose avoidance in the way that people put the doctor chose violence. Um, he, he tries to avoid talking to her by setting her loads of study, uh, which I, I find absolutely hilarious. Um, but then, then he has exactly what you said, which I've described as his Hobbit moment, that this is different. I've never even seen the sky, and I can't afford to fail.
0: Oh, yeah, that is quite a touching moment when you realize the doctor has never seen this guy. I don't know. I found, found mm. that quite.
2: Surprising. Yeah. Um,
0: and yeah, I, I don't think he even picked up. He was trying to distract her because, uh, yes, yeah, so that's a really good point. Um, yeah. But then she, she gives him some encouraging words, which I think helps. And she asks that eternal question, which is, Have you picked out a name yet?
2: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's like, I think you should choose a name before you go. And he's like, I'll give it a. I'll give it a think, I guess. Mm. Um, and the next thing we see it's just Tom and the doctor in sick bay, and they're ready to transfer him into the holodeck. Mm. Um, and so the next scene we see is the holodeck, and the doctor is has is in it, so that transfer worked, which I guess is quite a big deal because they've not done that before. Mm. Um, but okay, what is? <laughs> yeah, you've
3: seen many other episodes, don't you? You're like, yeah, yeah, that's the, the standard. He can he can do all kinds of things in later episodes, but you forget in these early episodes, he was just you know stuck in sick bay, mm. and it was quite a big deal for him even go to the holodeck. Let alone mm. he manages to do later later episodes.
0: Yeah, he's still confined to sick bay at this stage. Um, what do you think of his, his like reaction to being in the holodeck? And that he like I think he's like looking at that tree, and he's getting a bit distracted by from his mission already. Oh. <laughs> In a good way, I would say. Yes, Jamie. I, I, th- I think he really loves it.
1: Like, there's a moment where he sees a tree and he smells it as though he's experiencing something new and exciting for the first time. And it it speaks as though it, rather than being overwhelming, it's stimulating and thrilling for him. I think.
0: Yeah. No. It, I. Hundred um, percent. Maybe I'm not giving enough credit. The fact that he could even continue with the way mission, given he's just been like experiencing so many. <laughs> The first time in his life is actually quite
3: impressive i yeah. i um yeah what stood out for me was yeah the the more that his absolute dedication to them <laughs> because whenever anything um mm. and any character he interacts with asks him a question as uh, unrelated he's like i really just want to find grendel if you can really take <laughs> me to grendel yes just to, to, to see grendel will do please is <laughs> very one track, yes, exactly. <laughs> it, is, it does. I like it because it also um, kind of reminds you he's a computer program in a way. What it's like acting with a computer.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's a good. It's a good way for him to distinguish that he like or remind us that he's also like not human yeah. as much as he seems mm-hmm. so human. Um, but yeah, I feel like someone else is definitely want to cover going to cover this. But uh, next, the doctor meets Freya. Any comments?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I just feel like you expected me to, but I've already done her intro line, so someone else should do this for her. But does
0: she? I like I kind of like this kind of as the doctors in a holiday because then everyone gives the same line again and again. You're like, ah, it's like it's like a horror novel. It's like a computer game. It's like you Mm. know, it makes it.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. I I got that feeling as well because it's it's the exact same line and greeting. A spear whizzes across their gaze. And speak as friend or stand as foe is Quoth once more.
3: Mm. The difference is, is this where um, he announces what he thinks he's decided is his name?
0: Mm. Uh, Nelly, um, I'm sure I'm going to have a, a comment. <laughs> but um, I think it's where he kind of kind of, accidentally gives away that he knows a lot about her because he's yeah. obviously been research, researching and pre- uh, preparing for the truth. And that, she has like, that like, excuse. Your your reputation precedes you. She's like, ah,
3: okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, (laughs) uh, yeah. You, you. I remember now because then she's really excited
1: that really (laughs) my.
3: Tales of my deeds have traveled beyond these lands? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: and she's and she really gives pleased. the smallest board of options for maybe you heard of my fight with the guard at Sell the Guard Dane. Yes. He's like, yeah, yeah, I heard of that one. Oh, and yeah, that's the that that one. one. Yeah, yeah, that too,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had totally forgotten about that interaction until you mentioned it just now, Red. That, that was all really good, actually. I thought most of them were. It was quite comedic. Um, I just. <laughs> a lot of the doctor's reactions to the holodeck characters. I love mm. the, like, the interaction between this like totally overblown melodramatic um, holodeck characters living, you know, acting out this very dramatic um, play uh, yeah. or, or poem. And then that meets this like really sort of <laughs> comedic, uh, sort of witty repartee from the Doctor. I, I just think the mm-hmm. interaction of the two types, I guess, of drama is quite entertaining. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I guess also, you might go ahead Jamie
1: no 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 sorry I'm having a really bad episode this one because I keep reacting the same time as other people do and talking across them I'm so sorry you go for it
0: <laughs> no I was going to say I think I I hadn't thought of it like that Jenny Janie, um, Janie, Janie, but um, <laughs> I guess it makes that whole I'm just thinking the thing that pops into my brain is opposites attract so it's like building that kind of um, uh, for later maybe yeah mm. mm. Um, but yes, Jamie.
1: And I love the way she finds a way of turning anything that he says into "You must be a massive hero because you said you want to find Grendel. Only a warrior seeks what others flee." Schweitzer, <laughs> a, a hero's name indeed.
0: Uh, yes, I exactly. Like I, was about, that. I was about to say at the very next point is he does tell her his new name, and um, as his name came out of his mouth, what did we all think? <laughs> Why? Yes.
2: Why?
3: <laughs> why? <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing what? wrong with that. But uh, it was this sort of, oh, out of all the names you could pick in the world. I mean, I think that was beautiful
0: <laughs> comedic. I think there's something just funny about some, you know, like some words sound like K. They always say K is a funny comedic sound. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> when it's stri- quite, just like, it didn't really fit in this Beowulf environment. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sounds like a middle American hot dog merchant name as opposed to someone in a sort of Fafnirian, Siegfriedian epic.
3: Do you yeah, think there's just... maybe we're miss- it's- there's something we're missing uh, that actually Schweitzer is the name of something, maybe in right American the name culture. Of a fair,
0: like a Nobel laureate mm. or something.
3: Um, Yeah, but I mean like a comedic, uh, maybe that, yeah, so they have that explanation for why he chose it, that it's some sort of famous doctor or something, but that also Mm. in like popular American culture, it might be the name of like a hot dog vendor or something, (laughs) some (laughs) kind of comedic thing we're missing. Oh, uh, yeah. I
1: don't know. I might look it up later. Isn't that the name of a a pharmaceutical company?
3: Not that I've heard of. (laughs)
1: No,
2: mm-hmm. so I just, just gonna... thought,
0: please don't let that be the name that he chooses for life. I don't know why, it just sounded, mm-hmm. didn't suit him. Um, so, uh, but yes, as you said, he's very one track minded and wants to find Grendel, so Freya offers to take him to the king. Um, they do have this little moment, they stop to examine some plants.
1: Ah, um, I love yes. this moment, yeah, and, and they find <laughs> common ground, ironically. Um, because she she starts to pick them and he stops her saying, "Those are toxic." And she says, "Yeah, they're they're to basically send you into a heightened state for battle. Those of you survive." <laughs> and you're like, "Is the doctor going to take these and become a berserk or berserk?" <laughs>
0: um, yeah, they have that little moment. And as you said, Jamie, I think it's like she says something like, "Your people must really value you, value you." And <laughs> as he's walking off screen, you hear, "You would think so," just quietly. <laughs> <like>. <laughs>
2: I guess uh,
0: the, uh, um but yeah if there's nothing else um the next scene we're back in the hall the big, the, I guess viking hall well yeah see
3: because so some of my my favorite scenes coming up now
0: <laughs> oh great yeah it doesn't mean i remember much about them but no, just the bits i really us. liked
3: um, but um yeah okay so obviously he's back in the hall and he's saying sort of the, the same sort of um, things uh that Tikote uh, and, and tuvok said previously about how he wants to see Grendel and the Lord hmm. is saying oh you know another warrior has come to challenge Grendel and we've got what's his name Un- unfilth unfirth um again saying oh you raise our only arrive just to raise our hopes and dash them again um and um and that I believe is it when that he decides he's gonna actually challenge him to a duel before he's allowed to meet Grendel. Um, so mm. he gets out his sword, um, and uh, Freya, I believe, hand, hands the well, I would say the doctor, but Schweitzer, uh, her sword. <laughs> and um, mm. the, the doctor sort of looks very concerned, that but is you know. The thing. Sheepishly raises raises his sword, yeah. And um, they, they sort of have this like mini battle during which it becomes very clear very quickly that the doctor um is, is pretty pretty poor in battle. They're, they're all sort of mm. laughing at him and saying, Oh, he's not, he's no match for Grendel. So the doctor says, Right, enough of this foolishness, and he just puts down the sword, and uh, you know, everyone's expecting him to immediately be run through. But in fact, of course, he controls. I don't know if we covered this earlier, but basically Janeway, I think at some point earlier, says to him, you know, while you're in there, you'll be able to choose when you're solid and when you can be, uh, you know, just hologram. hologram. Um, so, of course, when this uh, Un- unfirth tries to run him through, he chooses to be a hologram and the sword just slices right through him. And of course, everyone then thinks he's this wonderful <laughs> warrior you know, subhuman being who's going to defeat Grendel for them.
1: All hail Schweitzer, they start to chant. <laughs> All hail
3: Schweitzer, yes, and they chant and, and the Doctor has this oh. look of joy on his face, like, wow, no one's ever chanted my name before.
0: Yeah. Very true, uh, very, but yeah, the the characters really love this. And, um, sorry, something else that I just realised is, like, it's very... That's a random thought, but I didn't play mm. a lot of computer games. I kind of found them a bit annoying as a kid, and I never really got into them. Mm. And now I'm thinking like, oh yeah, that that whole like dual thing with the Anther is like just another obstacle to getting to like you know, if you're playing it's a, a, a p- game, p- that's how it would work. You know, you don't yeah, just go straight you know, yeah. challenge. You're like, it's, yeah. like, you like yeah, build up to a different, and you have to overcome and solve this and get over that. So I'm like, so they, I think they also put thought into you know what mm. the horror novel should, how it should work. Mm. Yes, when I say untha- they mean you know, writers.
1: Unfirth is a sub um. <laughs> <Sub-boss, a>
0: boss. Sub boss.
3: Boss guard.
1: <laughs> yeah. So We're sorry, a, if read, first for red your benefit. Level boss.
3: Is, uh I think that was I guess Super Mario's or something. The the the, the, Un- the big evil thing at the end of a at the end of a level would be a called the boss. boss. So you'd have boss for level one, boss for level two. Um, was that just Super Mario? Was that across the No, there's the board?
1: On so many, so many video games. Like, oh, okay. So many bosses. I Super Mario
0: or Mario Brothers. But that's it. <laughs> well, no, same. This is what
3: I'm basing all mine from. I I, I love Super Mario Brothers, but that was it.
0: Sorry.
1: You know about that <laughs> bad song? podcast that keeps going off on
3: segues? <laughs> oh no! I was just about <laughs> to go off on a Super Mario Brothers segue. Do it! Do it! Do it! Wait! Uh, I
1: got
3: um I got for a Christmas present a few years back a um a uh, like vintage thing you know that had super mario brothers on it the one that i used to play when i was like 12 so it was awesome that is very pixelated and everything
0: yes (laughs) i love it actually as a 25 year old because i've gone on and on about it um my friend of mine got like the old i mean it was a new version but like the because it was a cassette or what was it yes the cassette yeah, and we yeah. and we connected it up to like our Diggs TV and took it on rowing camp and anyways
3: the an areas. Oh wow! <laughs> you and me have to play Super Mario Brothers together. Yeah. at yeah. some
0: point. <laughs> I'm not even very good. I just really liked
3: the game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was terrible. My sister was at brilliant. She absolutely loved it, and she'd sit there for hours and could, knew all the cheats and everything. Um, but I kind <sighs> of I got I enjoyed it for about thirty minutes and then I'd get bored.
0: <laughs> yeah, you and me aren't a good pairing for. The yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, so the next scene, we are. It's just still in the hall, and they, it's just a bit later uh, time. Some time has passed, and they all, all the warriors, and um, are sitting around this big table eating. And the king asked the doctor to tell a story from his land. Yes. And now,
2: can I? Mm-hmm. Sorry,
3: I realized that I, I peaked too soon. The bit, the, the, <laughs> the scene I described before was actually the one before my favorite scene. But this is my favorite scene because there's two. There's two bits in this which I love, which is this one coming up where the doctor says okay i'll tell you i could tell you a tale yes a tale of my triumph." and he goes into this really long-winded complicated scientific tale about how there was a virus on board once and he had to like find a vaccine and he did all this like you know experimenting with um you know whatever it is lymphocytes or white blood cells or, I, I can't even remember but um and he's, he's <laughs> he just performs it really well i think because he puts across this oh he is um, so good yeah, character of like, really, he's really getting into it and he's like remembering and he's very, very pleased with himself when he should be because, you know, he formulated a vaccine which presumably mm. saved all the ship's crew, all the crew members' lives. Um, and uh, I also just love the responses of the the uh, Beowulf characters, <laughs> which, you know, the, the Unfer sort of says, what, this is folly and storms off. And, and the others <laughs> sort of look, uh, so look at him like... Yeah yeah like um was the way you look at someone when you're you're really polite but also you you've suddenly what come the to the realization that the person you're sitting next to might be some kind of lunatic
0: <laughs> I, if i remember correctly because i didn't really make a note i think the lord Rusk or whatever, he's, like, what- he's like trying to understand he, uh, jamie has the line
1: i've got the line can i turn the line So Unferth has stormed out, and sorry, if anyone who's not watching this, I was literally jumping up and down because I wanted to deliver this line. So Unferth has stormed out. There's this absolutely stunned and incredibly, we're being very polite to the lunatic silence. And then uh, the Lord says, a truly unique tale, which is (laughs) absolutely true. And yet, by the sheer absence of (laughs) anything else is like damning with faint praise.
3: It's just so yeah. nice. He's such a nice guy. But this is the hilarious thing, right? Is mm. that there's that bit. And then there's the follow-on bit, which is also hilarious, where um he says, Just come come for a walk with me. Um and I don't mm. know why I find this so hilarious, but it's <laughs> the scene where um he uh he says he's offering him things that he's offering him some meat to try and then and then uh, and then you know, a waiter comes mm. up to him and says you know, his mead, and, and uh, the Lord says, oh, would you, would you like some mead? And he says, no, thank you, no, thank you. Very politely, <laughs> randomly out of nowhere, the Lord says, away with you, you're disturbing, Lord Schweitzer, with your mead, and knocks the mead out of the waiter's hand. Oh, and, and that is it, that is it, but it's just the,
0: the strange,
3: sudden contrast of <laughs> <laughs> Lord character. so you brought
0: that up, That scene was hilarious. I just like could not bring myself to write a note about it because I was making so many notes about the technical detail of what's going on. And I'm so glad you you reminded me because that scene is hilarious because he's like being so nice and hospitable to the to Dr. Schweitzer, and then he just suddenly like like, yeah, throws the meat over.
3: Yeah, and I guess it's also the contrast of Schweitzer's, the doctor's response. Oh, oh no, thank you. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Follow, following by this completely overblown reaction. It was, oh, It's brilliant. Can you remind me, what's the name of the, the, the king, the lord? I, I
0: can never I remember. Wrote it, I, I'm just saying Rothga.
2: Rothgar. Rothgar.
0: Rothgar, maybe. Rothgar.
3: Rothgar. Rothgar. It's so hard to remember his name. Anyway.
2: Sorry. Um,
0: also, something just right at the beginning, top of the scene when the the doctor is telling a story, he was eating. I mean, Elk. the way he's eating was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Telling a story like gnawing on that giant bird. I mean, it was that was really funny. a couple of very <laughs> funny scenes.
3: You know, um, mm-hmm. just to go off on a Star Trek related tangent. Um, Red, you mentioned ages ago. I can't remember if we've spoken about this actually on a podcast or just when we've been chatting offline but um about the the delta flyers podcast um, yes harris and um harry kim characters did in COVID pandemic um so um i yeah so i started listening to that because you mentioned it was really good it is really good i I really enjoy listening to it um there's one of the podcasts i got to recently where they phone up um the, the character that played the Doctor. Oh, I don't know if you remember they, this one. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, mm. I've I've listened to so many now, but they call up uh, Bob Picardo. Yes, yeah, that's his name. Yeah,
3: um, and it just really surprised me because I've actually never um, like heard or seen him anywhere other than as his playing his character in Star Trek. Um, so it's pretty weird to like mm. hear him speaking as a, as not it's as the very, doctor. Yeah. yeah, it it was pretty weird. But also, it's called. It sort of seemed like his character is a little bit like the doctor in real life. Um, like just very energetic and sort of bubbly and um, full of laughter. I'd say that's how he came across. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think from, when you listen to more episodes of Delta Flies, uh, assuming you do, but, and also I think the doctor is one of those characters where his TV character was informed by the real actor more than some of the mm. other characters. And he had a bit more of a say in uh, some other direction um i think because he was so, i mean they're all really good actors but he was obviously if he was just going to play like a emotionless um hologram mm. for the seven series would have been very boring so he maybe pushed for like character more character development uh, but um also something that he got to do which he mentions is that sometimes he um, improvised a line or made a suggestion, which. Again, on that show was very, very unusual because the writers were like, "Just say it the way it's written. Don't," you know, which is you know fine, but obviously it's different mm. from show to show. So when he says something like, "Oh yeah, I improvised that line," the other like um, Robert McNeil and um, Garrett Wang were like, "Oh really? Wow, you were allowed to do that because we never allowed." To. <laughs> yeah, you can
3: understand why I guess because imagine like because there's so much sort of like sci-fi sort of technobabble and, and mm. whatnot that and thought that goes into. Yeah. yeah. Um, how it's all going to work and continuity things as well. Like I guess I can understand why this so is strict, mm. but um, it sounds like it was a good idea to let him improvise a little because he's really
0: funny. Yes, mm. he is. Um, but yes, he's. He, it's weird that he's like when you kind of um, see him in real life on you know on podcasts or interviews, whatever. He's like the doctor, but he's also so different from the doctor. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying that podcast. Um, I think you're the audio, no, there's only no. I've made so many podcast recommendations and I think only people
3: have only listened
1: to me twice.
3: (laughs) Oh don't recommend this one to anyone. Not true, not
1: true, (laughs) because you recommended this to people and now we have 56 viewings.
3: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I haven't told it anyone. Like,
1: um, I've actively tried to suppress people's knowledge of this.
3: Yeah, like I I I mentioned it. People have disappeared. Not in a way he could
0: find it. um yeah so back to our episode though um i think uh does under come back and like give uh, the doctor like basically talking to you saying i don't trust you and uh, he seems very threatened and uh, storms off again i'm not sure mm. uh, but then it's only freya and the doctor the doctor left and she's stoking a fire to keep him warm
3: mm. warm eyebrows raised you I know.
2: That's
0: your chance to go
3: wild. I know. Uh, I, there I, are I, other I, ways I, to keep warm, Red. Beyond that's sweat. true. <laughs>
0: You know where well, I, I, sleep. I I don't know what any
1: of them are because I'm a simple soul and my heart is pure. But I wanted to actually dwell on the fact that before that, the king is trying to uh, bond with the doctor by showing him the sword with which he got his first kill at age 11. And the doctor is horrified by this, um, which oh, yes. prom- prompted on for the sort of next challenge. But yes, as you say, Freya stokes the fire and says that. She was told the world would end in winter when a demon ate the sun. And she says, a demon walks the hall, so maybe the world is indeed ending. Um, and the, doc- the doctor tries to reassure her, saying that the world is not ending. Um, but he knows what it is to be alone and born yet not heard and empathizes. Freya then starts preempting her death um although she says that she's heard that fate spares a doomed warrior if their courage prevails um and she offers help to the doctor to stay warm and for his courage to prevail um as one of the ways that one can keep warm without fire basically she she kisses the doctor and says you know where i sleep
2: and then walks (laughs)
1: off um and then we pan to the doctor's face and i'm not going to describe it because once again i have a simple uh soul and my heart is pure so i'll leave that to you red i
0: was writing my notes i don't remember i, didn't make I, order, well,
3: but... I was focusing on and maybe this was clearly oh, not, this not the thing to focus on
1: suddenly everyone has an alibi for this
3: <laughs> <laughs> no i just i just thought clearly jenny, this is just yeah. jenny brain thing but i was like clearly, this is not the thing to focus on. i was like how can he go and join her in the bedchamber when what if grendel appears while he's gone off with her and like clearly
0: Well, that's why he doesn't, I think, right? I mean, unless there's, like,
1: a missing scene. Fine. Someone someone who I have no idea who it was with handwriting that's remarkably similar to my own wrote Doctor's First Snog slash Bonus slash Conquest in my notepad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just wrote... Which wasn't me. Someone managed (laughs) somehow to get access to my notepad, write that one line in, and then didn't sign or take responsibility.
0: Well, did you write down the word boner? I just... Got so
1: <laughs> hard. I, I, I did not. This person who snuck in and infiltrated my notepad may have. That's all I'm saying. You, you should have seen it when I, you know, showed you the notepad. If you didn't notice it, then maybe it's not there.
0: Okay. <laughs> I did write, is this the doctor's first kiss in my notes? Which I presume it is. I don't know. Do they, they come with in that? Starfleet training? And there was another the holograms? He,
3: had, he did have another romantic interest earlier on but i don't know if they what? kissed who did was he? it it was in the, it was oh yeah it was it's one we've covered uh,
0: yes it's one with the sick people the sick what? um the one that you didn't want to watch because it was going to be too disgusting is that the one? Or is it a
3: phage one was it yes because so who
1: was it with
0: when do they have a female doctor? Well, I could be thinking of future episodes. Yeah,
3: it might be. Yeah, I
1: don't think it's happened Jordan. with us.
3: Okay. Look
0: Jamie, it you're I... I was gonna say you're our memory because Jenny and I are gonna get confused. <laughs> yeah. The future.
1: Yep. Um, so I think I'm right.
0: Yeah, so well we'll go with Jamie on this. So it's his first kiss. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will let us know if we're wrong
1: <laughs> yeah get in touch we'd love to hear from you and potentially judge our quality as human beings by the caliber of people who listen to us rabbit.
0: oh that's dangerous okay so i think she <laughs> says you know where i sleep he's left there kind of like stunned and thinking or contemplating but he is still focused on his mission and he knows i think that grendel could be appearing soon or grendel does start to appear soon so
1: the do same, do same like fantasy
0: <laughs> that we saw with <laughs> Harry and uh, Um and the, he's being monitored. Oh yes, because at that point he doesn't he check in with uh, the bridge. And January like, yes, we're monitoring you. And I was like, did she just monitor that whole previous?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I had the what, same. Monitor this.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very very neutral.
0: Maybe another reason why he didn't. Uh, Head back to the sleeping
1: quarters. <laughs> yes. um, oh, God. That's, uh, um,
0: I mean... But, yeah, they're monitoring him, and I guess they're not anticipating any danger to the doctor, but that is not what happens.
3: Mm. Um, yes. the, you... the, the thing appears, Grendel appears, and this time um, we get to see it, and it's this large light. That's, all, that's the best way I can think to describe it. Lots mm. of white light. Um, and then it has these sort of light tentacles, um, and some of them reach out to the doctor and uh, sort of start snaking their way off his arm, and he sort of immediately says, right, right send me back, get me back, emergency transport. Um, and they do manage to get him back, but not all in one piece, because the Man. tentacled arm is completely disappeared, and he's lost a limb. <laughs> he, he looks he's like armless, he's cool with it. sir. He's armless. <laughs> yes. But it but, but feels no pain, so it's it's all good. <laughs> Uh, and there's I mean, some I'm,
1: emotional pain given the fact he looks at his arm and just horror of what the fuck am I in? Sorry, pardon my French.
0: Oh, I'm gonna have to update this to there is swearing in this podcast. That oh no. <laughs> um, You're that welcome.
1: Is
0: a, that is, a, yeah, he does look horrified. I would say, but great special effects again. I think we have to take ourselves back to 1990, wherever this was, and he's like looking down. I mean. You know, we take
3: it for granted, but I think that was a good special effect. Just gonna put that.
0: On there. Yeah, considering, yeah,
3: back then. <laughs> Sorry, <that's, laughs> I meant that as a compliment. Considering, yeah, <laughs> in great can, shape.
1: Considering, considering. Uh, do you reckon that's a British cultural, or you know, I, I don't know. Do you reckon Americans wouldn't get that if we went? Why are they all going on about the fact they said considering, as though that's the most damning insult ever? <laughs> <laughs> that
0: yeah good question well, maybe good question um so obviously the next scene we see the doctor again and as time time has passed and he has his arm back mm. <laughs> um balana has been she's also there and she's been studying the, doc, the readings the doctor managed to get before he was uh beamed mm. out or transferred back which has given them a direction of investigation
1: um
0: yes. but I don't know if I understood what
1: <laughs> <laughs> want. So let I me haven't... let me let me step in or can yeah, I step in please? you step in. So the reading they took of Grendel shows synaptic patterns suggesting that actually the creature itself may actually be a life form with brain waves and everything like that which is implied by the fact synaptic patterns. Yeah. Again, that was it. That was all
0: I had. Jamie, you start off so strongly, and then you're like, "What? Well, that, wow, what more
1: do you want? Need? Grendel is alive."
0: Yeah. Okay. So He's
1: okay. so, alive.
3: Then, uh, it, there, there, alive yeah, yeah. I'll I'll try. Maybe we can do all we the, remember a little bit, and so we'll piece it together. There was a lot of techno battles, so that was one of the things they discovered from this extra data. And then the other thing was something about how there appeared to be um, also three distinct uh i guess synaptic patterns as well um and so they uh start to conclude that possibly those three distinct patterns might in fact be the patterns of their missing group members um and so maybe there's a chance that they could get them back
0: um i think that might be a little bit further along but ah,
3: okay um but but i think Yeah.
0: I, again, when Jamie spoke the technical babble, I just tuned out. No thanks, Jamie. (laughs) But that's what happens when I'm watching the show sometimes. But they have an experiment to run. And um, so we see Tom and uh, Balana running this experiment in engineering. And, um, uh, yeah, they have, they're experimenting on one of the containers of photonic energy. And while they're running the experiment, I think something happens that's not supposed to happen, but um, they seem to accidentally create a smaller version of the energy, which formation which escapes and uh, like kind of evading them in the ship. Like so, they try to like set up force fields to capture this little mm. bit of escaped energy, which makes them realize it's behaving like an intelligent life form if it's trying to evade capture.
1: Mm. Um, and I, I love I love the next bit because so it reminds me of cartoons. Because I don't know if you ever watched cartoons where there, someone was on a ship at sea, someone like Elmer Fudd. Um. Uh. and basically someone would drop a cannonball it it just goes straight all the way through all the decks and out the bottom of the ship because that's effectively what this ball of light does it does the Star Trek <laughs> version of the cannonball going out through yeah. the decks because uh, it just sort of makes a beeline for outside
0: yeah so it, yep. cu- it cuts through the hull I mean they have to like have a force field <laughs> at that point Um. Um. but they Everything track it as it's leaving the ship Mm. As so they see something quite spectacular um, I thought it looked like a little fairy and then you see this like, I don't know how to explain it Jenny do
3: mm. you... yeah the little sort of little light photonic lattice it's sort of floating out, out escapes out of the ship and out into the middle of space and then um, this second large round light appears um, and it um, basically engulfs the little mini light um, yeah which um, sort of later on we learn is is the best way of describing it is what it actually seems to be is the little light is a life form going home to its photonic home. Um,
0: yeah, it's a big
1: sun that sort of wanders around following them all, or with all of them think, together.
0: Yeah, I don't know when, but in some way, I mean, they don't really know what it is. So I think at some point, Janeway is like, yeah, it could be its ship, it could be its home. Um, they don't really. Obviously, they don't really have an Could be an
1: amorphous it. life form composed of a gestalt symbiote, where multiple creatures gather together to form a unique and coherent whole, but are also able to divulge off into multiples in order to simultaneously carry out tasks to the greater good of the whole.
0: I'm gonna make a note there, and I will. <laughs> oh my god! What is the time? I mean, you just—you both gave
1: me so much shit about not finishing strong. I just probably <laughs> had to go through with that one.
0: Was that from Star Trek? Or oh no, one? I
1: made—I made that up off the cuff. <laughs>
0: Wow, Jamie, oh, your talents you were, are wasted. Uh, yes. <laughs> you were reading hey, it from Wikipedia. Will and Hari,
1: dreamweaving and mindscaping architect forge will be a thing. My talents you are not be being wasted. You can
0: be a consultant now. Like, I mean, you should have been one for the last five years and charged a million pounds a day. Um, <laughs> um, so the next thing, we're in the briefing room with Jamie Bellana. Make a note to self. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> doctor. Uh, um... And they're kind of discussing the fact that this energy form was trying to get back to the lattice. And I think it's at this point that Janeway says they had some kind of contact with the lattice briefly, and that's when they picked up the three bioelectrical signals, which hints that there could be the missing crew members. Um, And (laughs) this is not what they said, but at this point, I think they are starting to realize that in hindsight, they realized they accidentally kidnapped beings from the protostar when they beamed those samples aboard.
3: And they mm. think that my form is retaliating. Yeah. And Jane says, I mean, imagine if this were us and our two of our crew yeah. members had been taken and we'd started being experiments. Experimented on. To them. on. Yeah. So and they come up with is, the, is, the plan. Sorry, go on, Jane. Yeah.
1: No, I, I was basically thinking that was the concept of the half life Uber violent video games. But anyway, carry on. <laughs>
0: I mean, we um, don't dwell on that, but it is like a very powerful point. Like, it, mm. you know, you can immediately see the perspective of the.
1: Yeah, of the you could un you could understand if the photonic lattice had chosen violence at that point. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
3: So they decide that the best thing to do is um, to release um, the one that they still have, um, and they try to do so in a way that is to sort of communicate that they are re- releasing it, um, and they won't be taking any other prisoners or doing any other experiments um, and mm. then they hope that the life form will um, release their own crew members mm. so yeah, the exactly. plan is for the Doctor to take take the um, little life form in a little uh, sort of jar <laughs> for want of a better word <laughs> canister. <laughs> um, Container. Canister, canister back into the holodeck um, which yeah, exactly. leads us on to the next scene
0: yeah um and he's very keen i mean he has the best place to do the job but he's also very keen to finish what he started he seems you know ready for this is mission. he
1: is he keen to finish what he started
0: well that's what he said <laughs> um i mean yes.
1: what he started may not have been the release uh, of the photonic creature i think what he started is something very dr bam wow. <laughs>
0: Well, that is a segue <laughs> into the next scene which is kind of sad um, oh, but yeah amen. he goes back to the holodeck back into the beowulf which is still running because they can't shut it off um and he uh oh well, i guess he needs he calls out to freya who, who finds him and he is trying to explain what he that he needs to get this ta- what he calls a talisman like you mm. know to keep it in that context of her world mm. Um, to a hall, but they're interrupted by what's
1: his name? Antoth. I'll i t- I'll type it in the text here. Hang on. <laughs>
3: Thank you. They're so everyone hard seemed, Everyone
1: seems to really like have some trouble. I have with it. written can it everyone, down many times. Can everyone think. read that. U n f e r t i. Can
3: you type in the king's name as well? <laughs>
1: Unforth.
3: <laughs> Unfirth. Rothgar. Rothgar. Okay, Roth. yeah. So um but then so Unfirth turns up. Um, and uh, he doesn't trust the doctor anymore um, and uh, he doesn't believe that the talisman is, is going to help um, and so he challenges the doctor to it, which seems to be this character's only function is all to I do is
1: challenge people I to a
3: for no reason at all
1: <laughs> but that's how he's programmed he's a sub-level it's boss exactly he's supposed exactly. to challenge people to a duel it's part of the yeah. video game yeah,
0: it makes now that I've got that video game lens on it, it's making a bit more. And not that it didn't make sense, but it's adding an extra layer of. Um,
1: I did, I thought it didn't make sense until we thought of it as a video game. To be honest.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um. But yes, do you want to carry on, Jenny?
3: Sorry. Yeah. So uh. So he starts trying to, you know, attack the doctor. The doctor sort of falls over, I think, and drops the talisman. The doctors obviously. Um. I should point out he can't. Uh. He he can't turn himself into a. You know hologram that doesn't it's not solid anymore because he has to has to hold on to the talisman but i do i am a bit confused about that to be honest i'm bit like can he not just put the talisman down for a minute <laughs> and then <laughs> you know let Anther run him through a few times until untha gives up because he realizes that he can't hurt the hologram and then uh-huh. the doctor can pick up the talisman <laughs> <laughs> i think this? he's got
0: to protect that talisman with his life because if that's accidentally released he doesn't get to um kind of Love the message. But mm. I see what, what you're saying. But I also just thought it was more because you're not a very good fighter. <laughs> so yeah. He's like, um,
3: maybe he's a bit, he does, he looks a bit nervous, doesn't he? And he's sort of like, oh, oh, what don't to right. do, but I mm. mustn't drop the talisman kind of kind of deal. So mm. anyway, but he, he sort of stumbles over and drops the talisman, talisman. Um, and uh, you know, he managed to, I think he manages to grab hold of it again to stand up. But he's he's basically about mm. to be um, murdered by the, this Unferth guy. Um, <laughs> when Freya um, heroically Jumps in front of him to protect him, and is tragically stabbed by Onfus. Yes. Aww.
0: By her. Very sad. What's the word? Village mate. Tragic. <laughs> really
1: v- village mate. What? Oh I got to to her,
0: but like he obviously didn't mean to kill her, so it's very tragic.
3: Yeah, and uh, then she has a little sort of death scene with the doctor, um, and he's comforting her, and um, she says, "You know, it's a good death because you know, death in battle." In battle. A bit like. Bit like the Klingons. <laughs> yes, I also thought yeah. that.
0: And yeah. she's happy to die with the doctor's name on her lips.
3: I knew I was missing a crucial piece of that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So she's like, Schweitzer. Um, and ah.
1: I, I think then the next moment is quite significant uh, because we often think of the character, the doctor, as a character who's a bit prissy and fussy and lacking in depth. But he then shows that he's a man of deeply held convictions, because he confronts Unfirth, telling him that the only reason he isn't going to kill him is because he took an oath to do no harm, which is a degree of immense restraint, considering the fact that we're talking A, the Doctor's first whatever, confronted with the fact that taking some cathartic revenge would be on a hologram who, frankly, people regularly apparently beat up, kill off or as Tuvok <laughs> says delete character with some frequency during their leisure hours uh, Yes, yeah, so you, yet-
0: you're saying it's the Doctor shows a lot of restraint there and relies on his medical training to hold back
1: <laughs> Well, I, I think, not. yes restraint, but also is very deeply guided to a degree beyond what most might expect by his Hippocratic oath to do no harm um, which is interesting they're sort of colouring the Doctor's potential depths in sort of one action at a time and I like it.
3: Oh, good.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, I as think as a newbie who knows nothing.
3: I think like, unfair tries to lie as well, does not he? Sort of, isn't he sort of blaming the Doctor for her death? Oh, uh, uh, yes. That um, would also make was, you angry. Yes, another another layer of anger at Unthor. Um But they basically um, sort of let... I think they let him have another go, don't they? With Grendel in the end um and so uh you know the doctor says grendel i'm ready for you and um grendel appears Mm -hmm. which we now know is this life life form photonic life form and uh it all seems to go to plan the doctor opens up the talisman jar (laughs) sorry what's it called again canister um (laughs) i just keep thinking jam jar but Mm. (laughs) it's a bit more it's a bit more upmarket than that isn't it um And uh, the little mini life form is released. And the doctor tries to explain to the photonic life form, you know, let's stop this. Um, You know, we've released your life forms. Can you release ours? And then I think there's a moment of suspense where we don't know what's happened. We jump back to the scene with Janeway. And I can't remember what happens next.
0: (laughs) I think, yeah, I mean, I I didn't make, yeah, I think that was a really good uh, summary. We do see, when we know it's worked, and I don't know actually, I think they must be in the holodeck, uh, but like Chakotay, Tuvok Rupia and Harry, and he's actually in costume for his uh, time in the final. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: and, and,
1: and he hears the, the captain congratulating the doctor, um, and he says, I'm sure I agree. Would you mind telling me where I was? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also, wasn't Harry just recently like beamed to the netherworld or whatever? I mean, he's had a couple of these like
1: people maybe... beam him a lot. I wonder if like something yeah. is meant by every time Harry is beamed somewhere, a director somewhere drinks. <laughs> I
3: just <laughs> I, I like... hope he's getting in between these episodes. There's you know like a few maybe. weeks off with some counselling, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, like yeah, some
1: imagine? therapy.
0: This time doesn't this at least this time he maybe he was just it was a bit like being in the transporter for a bit longer. Um, not completely. Un, uh, yeah. Not too bad. This um, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, wow, poor Harry. Um, yeah. So the next, we, the final scene I think is in sick bay. Um, and it's the scene between the doctor and captain Janeway. And he seems, I wish I had made more detailed notes, but I wrote that we can see the doctor has really been impacted by this experience of first mm. contact. Like very I think he's like buzzing or um mm. not um, he,
1: he is, and he and the captain bond over it, don't they?
0: Yeah, because I think she's helping him process it because she's obviously been through it and um um yeah, they Um and so, she says, uh, which is very nice, that she's gonna place a special rec- Commendation in the logs in recognition of his achievement. So, um, you mm. know, if they all die before they're found, <laughs> there would be a lot. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a morbid a,
3: way of looking at it. Um, yeah. And uh, she wants to name him, doesn't she? Um, yes, she does. and uh, she'd like to know if, what his name is so that she can name him in the commendation. Um, and uh, but he explains, although he did choose one, he's um you know. The last time he heard no. it spoken was when dear Freya died, and so therefore he thinks he might go back to the drawing board with the name thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's got bad memories uh, or sad memories, maybe a taint associated with it. So he's gone. He's gone back to not having a name. And as I said, Jamie, when this first came up a few episodes ago, be prepared for one of the longest running jokes <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> in Voyager. Um, Wise, yeah, words. So that- Wise words.
1: Wise words
0: um from Janeway the doctor or me
1: <laughs> I, I just thought it was the right time to say that I, I wasn't with reference no from you obviously you massive tool bag um,
0: um but yeah that brings us to the end so I guess just a moment to think about any lessons or themes that stood out for you
1: um I mean mine will obviously be gratuitous and given subject matter <laughs> probably in poor taste but I think that holodeck abuse is a real problem and societally, they probably <laughs> need to do something about it over there. When you
0: say sweet abuse, can you holodeck. elaborate please, <laughs> holodeck?
1: I mean, what sort of, no, uh, I, I'm being facetious. I, I just think that um, if you're going to go into an environment with uh, potentially triggering incidents and violence and things like that, people need to be able to get you out easily. And clearly mistakes were made because, you know, (laughs) they weren't able to get Harry out easily and bad stuff could have happened. That Freya, I mean, she seems nice, but could she be a wrong one? Jury's out.
0: (laughs) I feel like this is very counterfactual. Is that how you use that word? I don't know. Um, Why not? Jenny, any... um... Yeah,
3: I don't know. I actually found it a little bit more difficult to pick out like really obvious key themes in this one. Um, I Just thinking about it now, I guess like stories, the importance of stories comes to mind. Like obviously it's quite, um. They're, I, I don't know who sort of wrote this one, but I, I can see, I imagine they're thinking go something like, yeah, let's bring in some dramatic old English poetry and drama and, and combine mm. it with uh, fantasy sci-fi Star Trek and that'll, bring up all kinds of creative, creative and but, hilarious interactions between characters. So I feel like there was a lot of sort of, uh, uh, I guess, like creative uh, thoughts that, that went into it. Um,
1: yeah. Other I, things, mean, I I, don't know. I, yeah. To, I think I that you. you
0: mentioned story. Oh, yeah, go
1: ahead, mm. Jamie. No, 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 different. Sure. Sure.
0: The last episode we watched was about story, right? Because they're on the head estate planet and they want to exchange... Literature for mm, the yeah. device to get them home. Mm, that's um, true. And I think this is something when you watch a series in quick succession. I and I think I've noticed it on Star Trek, um, or something else. But like series that weren't meant to be binged, I feel like sometimes you can notice the writers like get onto like a some kind of track, and then there'll be like a couple of stories that are related kind of to that topic. Oh. And they, have, you know, blah, 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 and then a few like in a, another season, they're like suddenly it's all about something and you're like um you wouldn't notice it I think if you're watching it week to week but if you watch three episodes in one day yeah and you're like this is the third episode that is kind of about and I'm like can they just if you have an idea for a story you could just put it in the backlog you don't have to do it s- straight away <laughs> um, but yeah I'm, I'm not sure that's what's going on here but something I did notice re-watching I think it was Star Trek or Deep Space Nine or something like, like you know last time I re-watched it yeah um but yeah, I also struggled with theme or lessons. I feel like I had a lesson when we were talking. And then that's like left my brain. Um, but what about star player? Oh, yeah,
3: I know mine. <laughs> okay, I,
0: Jen, can't
3: pron- I, I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> I, was, I was like, my star player Roga. um, is <laughs> Rogar. Rogar. I, I just freaking love that, that moment when he's like... <laughs> Take it away, you're disturbing Lord Schweitzer. I
1: just, I don't know why. I have a very strange sense
3: of humour, but I... I no, just... it was very funny. It
0: was very funny. I remember that. But, what, you know... what
1: was it that was, what was disturbing Lord Schweitzer? Oh, the beer, yeah.
0: It was, the thing. it was like nothing really.
3: It was it was just so such an overreaction. And I just think that guy, whoever the actor has delivered it really well and it was in the within the contrast of um obviously uh, the doctor saying, Oh, oh no, thank you, thank you, that's very kind. But it was a sort of very polite um mm. and uh, yeah, I just I just loved that. It must have lasted two seconds, but that's like my favorite
2: bit.
0: Oh, I think he deserves it for that. And I also that like little scene where he is showing when his first kill and like the yeah. doctor's just like, what? Like, <laughs> what the f... Yeah, and he's like, he's no, a terrible old. weapon or something. Not like, yeah. oh, I know, I was way too young.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus, plus the little bit where he's... I can't remember unless he says something about, oh, a most a most unique tale or something. The yeah. yeah. uh, doctor's telling tales.
0: Uh, Jamie?
1: I mean, obviously the serious player of the episode is the doctor, but I'd like to give Chakotay honourable mention for culturally educating Tuvok and also reminding him about the relative merits of Vulcan literature.
0: <laughs> yeah, another good scene. I, gosh, stop it. Okay, maybe I'm gonna go... Oh my lord. Uh, For the Doctor. It just... Uh, Someone has to I mean, you can't, you can't
1: otherwise, like... Yeah, yeah the, the so, uh, things about him. Some he,
3: someone needs to, I think, because you know, like, yeah, he, he, he deserves sure. Yeah, he he's did. The, a, I mean, he did a great job. Yeah,
1: he's the only one who doesn't get kidnapped, experiment on a species they're having first contact with, uh, or indeed get killed by Unfirth. Yeah,
0: so he is uh, <laughs> the so, here. Yep. Any final words before we uh, stop recording? Do you have a special
1: message
2: so for any your Jamie?
0: <laughs>
1: Don't stalk me.
0: Okay. okay. I'm going to have to edit that please. out because that's probably be on the internet an invitation to be stalked. Yeah, please oh, edit that
1: out. No. Don't stalk Red.
0: Oh, okay. please. And on that
2: note, Stop.